What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Just Joking Podcast. This week, it's episode nine. We got a special guest. We have Spencer Mills. Now, he's making his way up the stairs right now. He's a little older, so while he does that, let me do a little ad read, make a little bit of that bread, that cheddar. Go to the Looney Bin if you like comedy. I know you're from Tulsa. Look at you. Look yourself in the mirror. You are from Tulsa. Go to the Looney Bin this week, April 5th to April 8th. We have a co-headliner, Jeff Bodard and John Wynn. Yeah, that's them. Let's get through that now. Spence, my guy, you made it, man. What? Oh, it's this Isaiah. Hey, oh. how are you? Oh, how are you? <laughs> I thought it was the funny one. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 9, 8, 9, 10, something like that of just joking. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. We got new comics every single week. If you're on Spotify, have a safe drive. Use your blinker. Look left, then right, then left. I just learned that in training. And if you have to reverse, just don't reverse, okay? Today, we got Spencer Mills. You can see him on Trailer Park Boys on Netflix. He was in the background for one of the scenes, probably in a wife beater. You don't know. But um, let's go and get him in here, man. I heard he's coming in hot, so I'm ready to get into this thing right here. What's up, Spencer? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm going to throw these, his headset on real quick. How am I doing? How are you doing, man? I'm a little disappointed, to be honest with you. Talk to me. What is it? Well, when I picked up my phone this morning, it said I had a podcast with Isaiah, and I thought it was the funny one. <laughs> oh, no, dude. You've met him, native dude? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been fun. <laughs> but it was me instead? Yeah, so I'm here. So you're here now. Welcome, man. Welcome in, dude. How are you? This is a nice studio. It is, man. Pretty nice for this. Yeah, for this right here. Yeah, a podcast hosted by Ramen. <laughs> The noodle? <laughs> yeah, you've got the same personality. So <laughs> Dry? Hey, I, I, I watched the other comedians. They did great. And you yeah. were here also. Yeah, and I was there for support. Yeah. How was I as an audience member? Was I good? Do you have any gum? No. You should try chewing it when they're talking. <laughs> that way you don't interrupt them. They had by far the best parts of the podcast, but that's okay. I mean, that's part of it. You're the host. I get it. You should also maybe think about changing the name. How many tens of seconds did you work on that one? Just joking. You know, I subscribed to your channel, but I did have to go through 41 other just joking podcasts to get to yours. Yeah, there's, it's, a, it's a saturated market. I was thinking maybe you could call it funny people podcast hosted by ramen <laughs> this episode is sponsored by ramen noodles <laughs> we got chicken we got steak whatever you like just throw it in the microwave put some water on it no but i'm feeling pretty good today man how about you i'm feeling good dude i i dressed up nice i wanted to make you feel at home with some sports you know you and your san francisco hat you know yeah. it's one and one right there you wear that more than your wedding ring i feel like well i'm not married so that would be why i don't have a wedding ring on oh but... well that would make sense then wouldn't it yeah i mean i've been with her for 15 16 years but we're not married okay fair enough so yeah and as far as i do like that uh you picked the new york yankees mm-hmm because mm -hmm. I'm sure that you weren't a fan and you just picked the team with the most wins. <laughs> it's kind of the way I figure you got your job at Looney Bin. Just like, I need to be around funny people. And then maybe through osmosis, I might pick some of it up. That's how it works, dude. You go outside. I'm not, I'm not the sun, but the sun will help me get a tan. You know what I'm saying? Dude? Well, you need to venture in on some of that. <laughs> you look like you about match that damn jersey you've got on. Yeah, it's one and one, dude, for sure. I had to turn up the freaking brightness on that camera just to <laughs> see me, bro. I was blending in. Well, yeah, dude, this is uh, Bo Jackson, I think, right? Or am I wrong on that one? This is somebody. Number two? Yeah, it's not Bo Jackson. Bro. Oh, it's somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Who did he play for? The Yankees? 
Um, Bo Jackson played for the Kansas City Royals and the Oakland Raiders before okay. he blew his hip out. But that was a long time ago, way before you were born. So. Yeah, way before I was born, for sure. Well, Mr. Funny Guy, how long have you been doing this comedy stuff? Um, six months and two weeks. Started September 14th of last year. Oh, you started a week before me. Yeah, you guys started the 21st. You and uh, Daniel and, and a few others. Yeah, and Lynn. Yeah, that's how I do it. I interrupt. I just jump in and say <laughs> what I'm thinking. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I've been doing it for six months and two weeks or whatever. So Yeah, man. Yeah. Hopefully, when you get that five year mark, you know you'll 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 step up a little bit. <laughs> well, I hope so. I mean, um, my big thing has just been um, I saw that you had posted that hundred mics in hundred days. How's that going for you? It's going okay. It's going what what okay. number are you up to? Twenty four. Okay, I'm actually doing decent. I only do about two a week. I want to get out in the scene more because I, I obviously I just met you and you've been doing it six months. So yeah. I'm not out there enough meeting other people. Yeah, let's talk about how I met you and the first time that you went up, shall we? Yeah, let's do it, man. Can you uh, just let the audience know when this was? Because I'm a little lost. Um, well, it was a Sunday ago or so at the Cellar Dweller. Oh, it's coming back And this to is me. the first time that you owed me a favor, by the way. <laughs> I, I thought I'd bring that up for you. Because so, you're up to two now. I'm up to two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know, me I know. not walking out when I realized it was you and not the other Isaiah, that was the second <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought with all the production work, like, oh, this is the funny Isaiah. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I came in here and it's unbelievably professional, and and you're here. So <laughs> you saw a fucking bullet the mullet walk in. <laughs> no, but the first time that I saw you go up, I believe you opened the night. You might have been. You were very early in. Yeah, the I night. was early. I was early. And you decided to um, talk to a couple of females who were at the bar, who I believe had taken your seat. Yes. And your friend's seat. Yes. And then um, fast forward into me having to pull people apart in the middle of the bar so there's not a fight. Mm, mm. And my favorite part of that video is how once I get over there, you get closer back to them. As if you're just <laughs> like, oh, I got a few more things to say to you ladies. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the first time I saw you. And then the second time I saw you. Well, hold on. Let me talk about the first time for a second. Okay. I go up there. And um, as I'm up there, my buddy Trash had walked somewhere else and these ladies had sat down. And so instantly I was looking at them and they were they were in their own world. So I cracked a joke on them that actually was funny. And if I left it at that, it would have been cool. I just cracked one joke about them looking like the, the girls from uh, what's that show? What's hot Chicks. Hot Chicks. Oh, Hot Chicks just walked in. That would have been cool. But then... But then I kind of leaned into a little bit and started using language that wouldn't be allowed in church, and uh, they didn't take very well to that. One lady started clapping at me, and uh, yeah, then all of a sudden, ladies were brawling, and the tensions were high, and luckily, I can still go to that place. Well, all, all kidding aside, yeah, um, you know, I do think you're funny. I have seen you go up a few times. I'm just BSing. No, um, I hear you, yeah. Um, Thank God, dude. My ego is so fragile. But part of that... <laughs> Part of the ignition there was, too, I, um, you didn't want to let it go, and she didn't want to let it go. Yeah, dude. And so when you have two people that are both being combative, there's usually only one way that ends. Yeah, but, it's in the word combative. But we got out of it. Um, there was you know, no harm, no foul. Uh, you got a couple of lectures, well-deserved, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure that you know, you know what happened. Um, it happens to everybody. The first time I got yelled at, it freaked me out. Um, you know, I was just going through my bits and somebody misheard something and yelled at me and I was trying to decide, do I correct them mm -hmm. or just move on? And I just decided to just move on. That's smart. That's smart. Um, well it's, you know, I don't want to get into a rage place on the stage. I, I never want to do that. No, and it's a weird thing too, especially if they, if they feel like you're alien, alienating them out of the whole crowd and then all of a sudden it's about them now. And even if you don't alienate them out, some people just think the show's like, oh, I get to just, you know, be a part of it and, and do this and that. And then if you make it apparent, like, hey, I'm talking to you, then they're going to say something back. And uh, Sapaya told me one thing, and which, which resonated with me. I usually, I only use that type of language with my friends, you know, the, the calling them weird names, uh, cuss word names. Yeah. So it makes sense that if I'm going to call somebody something, they're not just going to sit there and take it and be like, oh, he's, you know, that's a comedian. You know, people are going to have a response. And I've learned that, so I need to be careful how I talk to people. Well, I think there's a way to do it in a funny way, and there's a way to do it that's in a mean, aggressive way. Yeah. And part of the problem is um, the comedians will laugh at both. Yeah. So it, 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 if you do say something mean, some of the comics in the back, including myself at times, we might laugh at it because of how harsh it was. Mm -hmm. And then you start feeding off of that. And then you're like, oh, somebody liked it. 
let me go a little bit harder. Yeah, let me go a little deeper into this. Um, yeah, but I think we're both we both have the problem of our faces are very emotional, mm-hmm. and so I have an older face. So <clears throat> if there's a young guy, if I'm trying to crowd work with him, um, he is very dismissive of me being the old guy. And I think you have the opposite problem. Um, where a lot of the people that might be in these crowds might look at you and go, that dude could be my son's friend. I'm not going to let him talk to me like that. Yeah. Instead of thinking you're a comedian doing something, you've got a younger face, so they're just like, oh, you know, that's a senior in high school. What is he doing calling yeah. me a name? This young, cocky-ass guy up there. What's he think he's doing? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, how, about, how about that second time that, I, that we met? Huh? The second thing I owe you, at least. You know what I'm saying? Well, the second time was today. Oh, okay. That's what you owe me for. But the, no, I, I saw you at Looney Ben. I saw uh-huh. you. Um, you didn't get to go up um, because your number didn't get called and you went up the week before or whatever. Yeah. Um, but one of the reasons why I like you is you're always in a goofy, silly mood. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my type of people. Yeah, like, that's awesome. That's fun. Like, I just like joking around and being goofy a lot. Um, kind of like, you know, when we started off here, just messing around, yeah, yeah, yeah. ripping each other. Dude, you had those like, you had those line for line bars. I've got, I've got 30 more <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't even really thought about it. I did bring some things. If you'd uh-huh. like to see a couple of items here, hold on. Let's actually, uh, let's, 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 we're about to check these cameras here in just a second. Okay. No problem. But, um, yeah, I saw you at Martini's. I really thought you were going to be mad about what I did at Martini's, how I got that one guy involved with some crowd work, and then he was now a part of the show from there on out. You know what I mean? Because he interrupted Alex Horner's set completely. Yes, well... He threw off. Like, he started talking about Kanye to Alex and started to ask some questions, and that, that's probably my fault. He already didn't know how to act at a comedy show. That was his first one, and he was telling me about that. But once I got him involved, it was, you know, it was hell from there on out. I, you know, I try to not um, worry too much about if someone else is dealing with something that has to be dealt with, because there are times when mm-hmm. it has to be dealt with, when yeah. it's just disruptive and, you know, it's messing everything up. Um, my biggest concern is always, how far is this going to go? Yeah. You know, you know, even if the, uh, the person in the crowd zings the comedian or says something real funny, are we going to end it there? Are we going to... You know, because... Oh, that'd be so hard to end it there, dude. If I got zinged... Yeah. Yeah. And And it would be worse if I ended it and then came back later, like a minute later and brought it back up. That would be so bad. I think that's the way that you have to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I think if someone does get you, your instinct is going to be to come back mean. Yeah. And that's where you lose all the crowd and everything else. Makes sense. You know, it would be easy if there was a, you know, some kind of a clothing piece or something ridiculously easy to make fun of. Yeah, it's just right there. Yeah, but if they if they do get you and you know it's almost better to just move on unless you've got something locked and loaded because you don't want to get to that point where the rest of the bar is going is this guy coming down off the stage like mm-hmm. he looks pissed yeah you know? makes sense makes sense so off the air you were apologizing for all the things you said thank God dude <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's um one of my favorite forms of comedy is just kind of ripping on each other having yep. fun you know back in the 90s whenever i was in school and stuff that was kind of the way we did it Mm -hmm. i was uh shocked whenever i found out that some of the schools had started like banning mama jokes really yeah there was a student in uh the public school system that um i'm up in and the kid got suspended for one week out of school for a mama joke for a yo mama joke yeah and it was like so fat and something something just a street joke something oh my god Gosh, yeah. Dude. So, so it's one of the reasons why I don't do the roasts, um, is because, yes, I like being silly and playful, but whenever I'm ripping with, you know, quote my boys or my friends or whatever, I usually it's a little bit more going at each other. Yeah, I mean, you could always say a yo mama joke, but the funniest jokes are one that's actually a personal thing. And it's probably you know just from being competitive, growing up in sports, locker room type talk, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's fun, and with you, there's so much material. <laughs> just easy, huh? Yeah, it's not, it's not that difficult. It's not at all. No. <laughs> God. Actually, man. I had an idea for you. What's that? Do you have a phone book at your house? Uh, I do not. I don't think that phone books have been around. You should get one and try reading it on stage. It's probably better than your jokes. <laughs> what if I got a dictionary? That's a Patrice O'Neill joke, by Is the it way. really? That's not a Spencer joke. He okay. did that to Kevin Hart. He threw a phone book on stage while he was performing. No kidding. And just yelled, read it. It's better than what you wrote. (laughs) (laughs) 
If you don't know who Patrice O'Neill is, you need to watch some videos. Surprisingly, I do. People on the podcast told me about comedians, and I've known zero, but Patrice, Patrice O'Neill I do know about. Yeah, I, I've been into comedy for a long time, so I know a lot of mm-hmm. comedians, but I've never done comedy until the last six months. Where did you start at? What like what made you start? Um, I mean, that's a long story. It's kind of the same path as everybody else. You know, um, I, I heard somebody say one time, you can fail at doing the things you love as well. And I was a chef for a long time. There was, you know, I'd worked my way up to running an entire culinary school, and then COVID wow. took that away. That school doesn't even exist anymore. No kidding. Yeah, so it was, you know, decision time. Mm-hmm. So I've always wanted to do comedy. Um, I knew a couple of people from my high school or that had I had been friends with that had went on to do stage performances and comedic stuff. So I just started looking around. Mm-hmm. kind of found out about the open mic scene and showed up. Makes sense. So was the school like, what happened? Was it like a, a box on wheels? Like, did you haul it from South Arkansas where you're from? Or No, I'm, I'm from South Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm not from Arkansas. Okay. And it wasn't a box on wheels. It's a brick and mortar school. It was a college. It was a college. Oh, yeah, okay. accredited college where you get okay. degrees and shit. So. Good, good. I'm glad, dude. Yeah, I was in charge. I was the top professor at a culinary school. That's where they made the mistake. Imp- I'm impressed. <laughs> No, but I brought you uh, some some stuff today, actually. Okay, yeah, man. Thank yeah, you for pre- this is my first present. Well, actually, uh, once I realized that it was your podcast, oh yeah, and not the funny Isaiah, yeah. I decided I better bring some stuff. So here's some icy hot. You can give this to your guests for carrying this piece of crap that you call a podcast. <laughs> um, ibuprofen, because if they got to listen to you for an hour, they're probably going to need that. <laughs> Um, I brought a pen and paper. Maybe you can take some notes. Thank you. Thank you. I um, appreciate that. Notice I took that from your work. I can tell that you haven't been taking pens from your work because I haven't heard you tell any jokes. <laughs> Just some ideas. I figured I'd help you out a little bit here. This, uh, <laughs> Dude, what is this book? Whose is this? That's just mine. I write a few ideas here and there in my car whenever I'm out doing DoorDash. <laughs> Old enough if you put change in... Th- so here's that joke that I thought of. So okay. I was thinking about all the different ways that I'm old and the weird stuff that happens when you're old. Mm-hmm. And it was just a joke that like I have different change in different compartments, pennies in one, nickels in the other. Oh, yeah, you separate them. Yeah, so I just put, I'm old enough that if you put change in the wrong compartment in my car, I might have to pull this shit over. <laughs> <laughs> I like the facial expression with it. It kind of makes the joke at the end there because uh, it makes seem like you're serious for real about it. Well. Well, I thank you, be. man, because honestly, the editing process, having to listen to a hick like you is going to give me a headache, so I'll take this ibuprofen. Oh, well, we'll leave it there. Well, it's not my fault that I sound like this. You know, I had uh, five years of speech therapy, and back in the 80s, that was taught in the Oklahoma public schools. Mm-hmm. That's why I sound like Vince Vaughn teaching a calf roping course. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's not my fault. Yeah, I was taught by public school teachers how to talk. Yeah, put your put your wrist in it. Come on, boy. Yeah, my my the best part about that is my speech impediment was I couldn't say the letter R. Really? Yeah. My name is Spencer. And you couldn't say R? Yeah. And you know what the most popular show was whenever I was growing up? What? Spencer for hire. (laughs) So every adult would come up to me and hit me with that. Hey, are you Spencer for hire? And I couldn't even talk. Couldn't even respond. Yeah. You're just like calculating. Uh no. Uh, just trying to find a word without an R. Yeah, I would sit there and try to come up with sentences that didn't have the letter R in it. Mm-hmm. Because of whenever I would say it, it was so bad that people would get distracted and start asking me where I was from. Mm-hmm. My two favorites were somebody asked me if I was from India. Someone asked you if you were from India? Yeah, this is second and third grade. Oh, okay. And the other one was New Jersey. This was this was before the goatee. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, New Jersey enough. was the other one. New Jersey, no kidding. Yeah. See, you took that 23 of me, mm-hmm. and if I had to guess... I mean, you already said you're three sixteenth racist, right? That makes <laughs> three sixty fourth. Three sixty fourth. Okay, get it right. Let me not let me not make the <laughs> sample size too large on that one. But uh, I would have to say you're like at least a quarter. Like, there's got to be like some trailer in your genes, right? No, I've actually um, in your blood. I thought I've done a lot of bad stuff in trailers, but I've never lived in a trailer. Actually, okay, fair enough. Yeah, you know, I might be the king of the trailer park, but I haven't resided there. But you, you were the king, and you was moving out. Like you didn't live there. You just came in with the king. Yeah, I was born on a farm, actually, way out f- 15 miles outside of Eufaula. And if you've never heard of Eufaula, mm-hmm. go 15 miles outside of there. That's where I was born. Wow, dude. Were yeah, just, it was... We just left next to some cattle in a box? And yeah, pretty much. You? Yeah, you know, that's just... pretty much how it was. <laughs> yeah. No, um, 
but I was pretty much left on the farm alone all the time. I was out there one day and my brother tried to burn it down. No kidding. Yeah, doing a trash fire, and he called. We had to call our parents who weren't there because once again, this is the eighties. Yeah. So it was me and him, and our uh, my little sister was with my mom, and he started the trash fire, and we were out on eleven acres, and nine and a half of it was on fire. Holy <laughs> shit, dude! Yeah. yeah. Did y'all have any crop that burnt? No, most of it was just grazing land. We mm. and we actually didn't have livestock, but we would lease the pastures for livestock. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so although I worked and lived on a farm, it wasn't like my cattle. It wasn't like if there was horses and stuff out there. Um, we had small livestock, pigs, goats, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. But all of the, the big grazing animals. How were, are they, dude? Um, tasty. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. But no, we haven't had any um, animals in 20 years out there. So it's kind of a dead farm now. Like all of the pasture land has grown up. It's all trees and stuff now. They still live there? Yeah, my mom That's does. Awesome. Uh, my my dad lives in uh, Manford. He's been in Tulsa for about the last twenty five years. Wow. So. Okay. By the way, I noticed that they had to change the uh-huh. guitar. It used to be a blonde acoustic guitar it that was. was in the middle, and then last week I saw Lin Kay and Daniels, mm-hmm. and there was no guitar. Yeah. And I thought maybe we're on they... a, a rotating guitar cycle here. I think you're just outside the loop, man. Oh, we is just, that what it is? We rotate guitars. We keep the red and the blue, but we put a guitar in there. That one just seems more your flavor. You know, that's about three sixty fourth you right there. Well. <laughs> I just can't believe how nice this studio is and that they're you're wasting their time for an hour and that we don't have some more talented people in here to actually do something with all of this. It's really I can, impressive. I can get Drew in here. Would you rather? <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't have this place off limits to all of Tulsa comedy. No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need him to pre-cancel an entire studio. That's a good point, dude. Hey, Drew has been better. Yeah. Very rough start. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we all had a rough start. Just exactly. kind of what flavor. You know, some of us just, rough, yeah. you know, I had a hard time whenever I first started. I mean, I still have a hard time all the time. Yeah, you speak for yourself, but though. everybody has their own flavor of hard time. Yeah, you know, my start, it was, you know, it was unique for comedy. It wasn't the best, but, you know, I went up there and I was just, and they was like, oh, my God, dude, this guy's fucking talented. You know, it was like. <laughs> Weird. Was cool. I haven't seen you on any shows. Oh, really, man? I actually have a show coming up April 7th, Fresh Face to Tulsa. I got a show April 27th at Martini's Lounge and May 26th, Martini's Lounge. Oh, speaking of Martini, I did see you on a show. That's right. You showed up, and when a comic was late, you got to go up. So that yeah. I have seen you on a show. I, actually, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as <laughs> I walked in the door, and she so, st- sat up like this and was like, Yeah. You're starting. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I just got the nod, dude. Well, there was no crowd, so that does make sense that she gave yeah, you an opportunity. That's true. That's true. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like that bar, though. I actually like it. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's, it's real cool with the little windows and stuff behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's the Tulsa comedy scene. There's so many shows and everything going on that, you know, it's awesome. You made your own opportunity, by the way, by being there. Yeah. So, you know, that's. Um, I've heard many, many professional comedians talk about that same thing. You never know when the opportunity is going to come. If you're in the room, it might happen. It might, yeah, especially when you're just fucking so good looking like me. But uh, do you have any shows coming up? Well, for 14, I guess you're not bad if that's what you're into. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a couple of coming up. I don't want to announce them yet uh-huh. um, because they're not officially official. Fair enough. Um, and I, I would rather... That means, that, guys, just so you know, for the lingo inside the comedy world, that just means that he's waiting for a callback. And it's okay, because when he gets the call back, it'll all be cool. He'll tell you the date. Don't worry about it. But if he doesn't get the call back, this conversation never happened. What really happened, what it really means, <laughs> is that I have two gigs coming up. <laughs> they both have not been announced to the public yet. And as to not offend or cause any kind of drama, I will be quiet. But look for me back-to-back in April... Two big shows, two big rooms. It's going to kick we're about ass. To, we're about to get it out of them. We're about to get the dates out of them. So because of what he said, I would like to um, I would like to edit what I said earlier. I do not have a show April 27th, <laughs> and I do not have a show May 26th. <laughs> you don't? You're just making that up? I made it up. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you're plugging along. There's tons of shows. Yeah. And also, I do see a lot of people who... Um, I don't know, feel like the selection process might not be uh, as equal as they want it. Yeah. Comedy subjective. That's one good thing that I learned in being a chef for 20 years. Mm. You know, when you're dealing with food, um, everyone's flavor 
is a little different. Mm. You know, some people like chocolate desserts. Some people like caramel desserts. You like both of you them, like vanilla only desserts. No, <laughs> both of those are acceptable. Same thing in comedy. Um, I have someone who's hinted about a show a couple of times, yeah. and I don't know if I'm right for that show. <laughs> you know, I would probably do it because. You know, I think it's really funny to be awkward too. So if you're up there and it's bombing a little, that's a little funny too. Um, Give me like something. Wait, what are we talking about here? Um, what show? Like, what show do you not feel like? Okay, let's forget the show you're talking about. But what shows do you feel like you may not have the right style for? Because I personally, I wouldn't have the right style for some of those uh, burlesque shows. I don't know if I'd fit in at a burlesque. Mine is actually if it's a super younger crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, I don't want to use just like generic words like hipster or trendy or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or homie. But I have kind of a persona of kind of the dumb old redneck kind of thing. Yeah. So, and honestly, it's one of the reasons why I bombed the hell out of probably the first big show I was supposed to do because it was that exact scenario. Yeah. And I didn't come out of my material. Makes sense. Yeah. And I'll just say it was fresh faces. I bombed. I opened. I did oh, eight, but that's hard. I did dude. eight and a half minutes. Dang. And I bombed for six minutes and 45 seconds. Wow. And at the end, I got some medium chuckles. Fair enough. You warmed them up a little bit. Uh, well, it was, I don't know if it was that as much as it was. Um, I have a couple of jokes that um, are decent even when I perform them bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, they're just written that well. So I got a couple of chuckles on those, but. Makes sense. How far into that set are you like, like feeling like it's off? 30 seconds. Yep. And then does it, it it has to change how you perform the rest of your set, right? Or no, no? Well, normally I can get that feeling in five seconds, but with an open, it's weirder because yeah. the whole crowd is also kind of buying in. And if you don't have just like a killer open, opening joke, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a little bit. Oh, that's why I've been able to succeed. Then. My, my opening jokes are killer, dude, for real. Let me give you an example of one, right? Yeah, let's go. So, hey, everybody, my name is Isaiah Blue. I got three to five minutes up here. Um Y'all are expecting a lot out of me. My girlfriend doesn't even get three to five minutes. Is there a punchline? <laughs> Dude, come on. Oh, man. the come girlfriend part. Yeah, the girlfriend part. Oh. Oh, let me try, can I try another one on you? Can I try another one? Yeah, go ahead. Let's, okay. Let's hear another one. Hi, I always Hold like on, to... wait. Let me pause you. Yeah. Is this going to be also a topic that every comedian that's ever done comedy has wrote a joke about? Or is this going to be something unique? This is unique. Okay, all right. I'll, all right, I'll cool, park up. Cool, all right. Cool. So uh, I always introduce myself first because I want them to hear my name again. Okay. So hi, everybody. I'm Isaiah Blue. A little bit about myself. I'm 76 inches tall. (laughs) They're already laughing a little bit. And I moisturize about 10% of that every day. So you're making me do math. That's a dick and a math joke for you. In an opener. (laughs) Yeah. Good shit. So what happens when you have a... (laughs) You said good shit. (laughs) That's what happens when you have a testosterone-filled student on stage, dude. You talk about dicks and math. By the way, um, was it you the other night that made a comment to uh, the host at Looney Bin? No, it wasn't Mm -hmm. because you didn't get up. Okay, then I'll shut up. No. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So I wasn't me was and I wouldn't I wouldn't do that, but I was gonna roast you if it was you. No, it wasn't me. You can pretend like it was me. No, but no, 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 no. it wasn't. Like, we can do some role play, you know. I heard you've been working on an impression and I wanna put you on the spot. Well, I don't know if I'm working on it. Um, it's a bad impression from and it's also an impression that most of your audience is gonna have no idea who that Wait, person who is. Who is it? It's an 80s wrestling character who barely bled over into the 90s. Uh-huh. It was Hulk Hogan's antithesis. Okay, I want, I want to set it up differently then. Okay. okay. So everybody, you know this podcast is getting big. You know that um, we re- like, we're really getting out there, man. The, the guests are coming in. They're getting us hundreds of views. I'm just sitting here smiling, having a good time. So last week, we actually had, you won't believe this, right? And if you're my age, you probably don't know who this guy is. But you will not believe last week we had Hulk Hogan, H- Hogan, Hulk Hogan on the podcast. Thank God he isn't here. He'd rip me to shreds. And I actually want to play a snippet from that podcast. I'm not Hulk Hogan. I'm who are you? Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, fuck, dude. What the <laughs> fuck? That whole bit is This is why murdered. you need gum. I was in the middle of trying to tell you who it was, and you just went, oh, my which bad. is fine. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's only your ninth time. <laughs> but that's okay. 
Damn it. I thought you were Hulk Hogan. Hey, I've got a strong back. It's okay. I'm carrying this. Yeah, thing. keep it's carrying fine. it, dude. You carry the boats, okay? You know what you look like? You look like an eighth grade center on a homeschool basketball team who actually drove. <laughs> who actually drove to the game? Yeah, you also look like you were allegedly tell people you played Juco baseball. <laughs> yeah, I'm dressed like it, dude. Well, no, and the skinny tall with the blonde mullet thing. Dude, going you on. look like a paid umpire. What are you talking about? You look like Theo Yawn. <laughs> Kind of like that's what the name of this podcast should be. You look like you pull up a chair to a baseball game with a pack of 40s and you're just sitting there while all the parents are like, Why is his dick out? <laughs> a pack of 40s as opposed to a 40. Yeah, a oh. pack. <laughs> you have a pack and they're not even made that way. You just have them, you have them little, you have it rigged up basically. Oh, I got the little things on the hat. Two no, that's too right much, here dude. With the straws coming down. <laughs> That's too, that's too innovative for the character I just laid out. <laughs> you do look like you drive a beat up truck, though. I didn't expect to pull, will you pull up in the Camry. Was it a Camry? Uh, no, just a Sonata. Sonata, got you. Okay. Yeah, I've only had one truck in my life. You know, here's one of the funny things. One of my insecurities mm -hmm. is how much I don't want people to think I'm a cowboy. Oh man, dude. Yet I have the worst argument against why I'm not a cowboy. My only argument is that I've never owned a pair of cowboy boots. That's your only argument. Everything else I've done. <laughs> yeah, dude. Rode horses on a twenty thousand acre ranch. I've helped live birth cattle. Um, mm -hmm. like I've hauled hay in the summer, all of it. But for me, like that's the do not call me a cowboy because I don't own cowboy boots. How ridiculous is that? Yeah, it's not a. It's not the best argument you got. Yeah, I know. You could. Yeah, I think you should start leaning into it, dude. No, Actually, I think plenty of people yeah. already have that, and that's one of the reasons too. That's another way that I've bombed. Mm. Is if I am in front of a bunch of real, you know, salt of the earth redneck farmer cattle ranchers, they know I am not one of them. Makes sense. You know, it's it's funny because you know with the racist jokes and all of this stuff, I actually have like a little bit that I'm kind of working on that. I've never even been offered to go to a rally, some <laughs> like a militia thing. Like like the people who are really racist know I'm not racist. It's yeah. everyone else who thinks I am. Yeah. Like I don't know any I mean, I might know some of those people, but I don't know that they do that. Like I've never been invited yeah, to Yeah, it's that like club. they may be my friend, but we don't hang out after hours, you know? Yeah, like I don't I didn't really even realize until I was in deep Louisiana, like how open some of the just extreme ultra mega you know oh, yeah. that end of the spectrum because i'm not around that a lot you know i stay in my own little kind of bubble if you will and yeah so yeah a lot of that stuff i'm naive to but it is funny to lean into it a little bit when people think of that i like that because they think you're that and then you can like you can lean into it a little bit but also you can dispute it that you're not and it may, and they're like they're very um, engaged with that. Because I thought at first when I saw you that, yeah, this guy's definitely redneck, probably Republican, come up here and say some crazy shit, but you were the opposite. Well, it, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, and that's one thing that does catch. And, you know, that's what comedy is, is catching people off guard. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a character or anything. I mean, I was born on a farm in little bitty ass Eufaula, Oklahoma. Yeah. But almost my entire adolescence, I was doing some thuggish stuff, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was doing a lot of stuff that um, West you, Side. when you think about the 90s and kind of some of that rap gang culture stuff, I was way more immersed in that than I ever was in anything that had to do with like the country scene or, or anything yeah. like that. So tell me about your joke writing process. How do you, do you sit down? Do you hand write them out? Do you mm -hmm. type them? Do you sketch a keyword? How do you go about it? Um, so far, um, young in the comedy career, my, my writing process has been a lot of just me not being able to sleep. And that's not even like a joke. I'll lay in bed and um, my mind will just race. Like, cause I had so much anxiety going up on stage for the first like three months, four months. I'm sure you probably felt something similar, right? Oh, it still happens. Yeah. Yeah. It still happens. Exactly. Yeah. Like we, I mean like a few days in advance knowing I'm going up. See, I haven't done, I learned off air, by the way, this guy right here, where's your camera? There it is. He has done 71 mics in six months, which is a crazy number. Kudos to you for real. Thank you very much. And you know, that's not shows, obviously it's nine shows and 69 shows to 62 open mics. Wow. How am I so just 71 times that I've been up on a microphone? How are we just meeting, dude? This is wild. Um, well, you need to get your ass out more. That's all <laughs> I can tell you. Cause I'm out there. Yeah, you are. You know, I'm, I'm seeing everybody. I'm seeing the new crowds come through. Um, uh -huh. 
I'm just trying to get better. You know, it was the one thing that in all of the videos and the hours that I spent researching, the one through line by every comic was get up. Yeah. Just getting up is going to give you a level of confidence or um, being able to deal with certain situations, you know, because if you haven't been in that situation, you don't know what to do. That's fair. So, yeah, that's the number one thing that I would say is just get up as much as you can. Not everybody has as much free time as I do. So yeah. I know I'm lucky that I'm able to get up that much. But no, that's awesome though. Really, I'm glad you. I'm glad you got up that much. That's amazing. Um, which makes sense. It translates to your comedy, the stage presence, the the jokes being so fluid. But besides me just completely sucking you off right there with that last <laughs> bit, uh, I lay in bed and I think about being on stage. And this is obviously it's not a good way to do it, but uh, I write down what I sometimes a joke comes to mind. I actually chuckle to myself. I write that down. Sometimes I'm driving around. I have an idea. I write it down. Do this, do this. I write it down. And then when I, I look over it, I actually practice it in the mirror and then write down what I say, if that makes sense. No, that's a very good method. I mean, I don't know anything. I'm brand new, but I've heard a lot of comedians have watched tons and, you know, mm-hmm. tons of research. And one of the things that a, a lot of comedians do say is they don't write anything until they say it out loud to, to hear how they say it. Yeah. Um, which that's interesting that, that you do it that way. Yeah, because when I write stuff down and I go say exactly what I wrote down in the mirror, it's chunky. It's not my voice. You know, it's my brain and just putting a sentence together. So I go say it in the mirror. And for example, I practiced a set before one of my second show I did like a month ago. And um, I practiced my set. I had my tight five minutes. And then practicing in the mirror on my honest joke, I built another minute. Like somehow I thought of an idea to set up the almost joke while I was riffing in the mirror. Yeah. And it helped me like figure out, oh, how did I get to the Amish strip club? Oh, this old country boy, he knew how to get there. Let me show you, you know? <laughs> so then uh, I did that and that, it, I, I get good at the show. Like they were able to follow along a few last few laughs and they're like, okay, now we're at the strip club. What's happening at the strip club? And I tell them about the strip club. So uh, that I think in the mirror, it helps me in my style. I'm more of a riffer. I'm more of a conversational funny. Yeah. You know, at least I think so, because I've had 20 years of conversational funny experience. I've had six months of writing funny experience. Yeah, I, I have. I still have a horrible, horrible time trying to watch myself. Mm, it yeah. is so hard to watch myself. Um, I don't mind listening to the audio, but to actually watch and and. That's one of the things that I've really been trying to work on is my stage presence. Um, I pace too much. Um, I turn from the from the stage. Makes sense. So watching that is so hard for me. Dude, um, I have a mirror above my bed. I love watching myself. Well, yeah, I can, you know, there are some people like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's actually one of the things that is interesting about the writing. I'm, I'm always curious about how everyone writes. I was just having this conversation with uh, Daniel the other day. Yeah. Because he had his notebook and he was writing everything. Um, I tend to type. Okay. So if I have an idea, I'll grab my uh, my Chromebook, just start typing it out. Mm-hmm. I have note notepads as well, but that's more like just super raw, like not even no punchline, no joke, just something that I think is funny. Okay. I'll kind of write that down. And then I have just an open sheet of all joke ideas. Mm-hmm. that I'll just get on and start typing and just type premises, out. Premises, pretty much? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes not even a premise, just like a funny thing. Um, like I've been working, I just did this the other night. It's a, something about museums. So I just wrote down the word museum. Um, and mm-hmm. so I worked it out a little bit on stage. I did fumble with it. Luckily, there were some comedians there that pointed out a couple things. Because I even told them during the set. So I've never done this, but I'm just going to try to riff on this. It was an idea. Yeah. It did get a couple of chuckles. There wow. there are some funny ideas in there, but then I'll go home and kind of tighten it up. How often do you do that, the riff on stage? Um, That takes another level of confidence. Well, and I, you know, there's not a whole lot of... Um, there are people to help you, but it's so hard to get help in comedy because every comedian is different. Yeah. It's, it's almost like um, a lead guitar player. In that even though they might be playing the same exact notes, you can tell the difference between them because of their style. Mm. So it's real hard to get some direct advice on, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do that. So what I do is if I do have a show coming, I will, at least for the week coming up to that, I will be working chunks of that set that I'm going to do. If you know, I only The longest set I've done so far is like 15, but normally 10 is as much as they give me on the yeah, shows. Okay? Yeah, yeah. 
that's just two five minute sets. Facts. You know, so one comedian uh, came up to me and goes, "You did all new jokes. I I saw you for a week doing the same jokes." And I was like, "Well, I had a show coming up, so I wanted to make sure and get those as good as I could for that show." Mm-hmm. Do Do you make adjustments after each set, like in your notebook, like maybe write down like that could be changed or? It's something that I wish I was better at. Most yeah. of the time, I do it mentally. Makes sense. And yeah. then eventually, I will go back into my because I also have. So I have about 20 pretty solid jokes that work, and I've work, kind of vetted out all the wording. Okay. So those are typed up and saved in my Chromebook. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if I think of an additional tagline or something like that, once I know that it works, I'll go in and type it in. Okay, so don't, don't download TikTok on your Chromebook. China will get your – they'll get your <laughs> jokes so quick, dude. There'll be a special in China in Chinese that you wouldn't even know it's your jokes. Well – my jokes aren't good enough for anybody to do a special on <laughs> I've got some years of work ahead of me. No, I hear you, though. I hear you. How do you feel about people? I had a weird, weird thing because my family, my pops, like, really is like, use my jokes, use this joke, use this joke. And I'm so turned off by, like, I don't want to use anybody's jokes. Like, let me write my own jokes. So I kind of have a weird thing. How do you deal with somebody after a show? I guess it depends on how they say it. But, like, saying, hey, man, I heard that. It was funny. But I, th- I thought about this when you said it or I thought about that. It depends. It may depend on how they, yeah. Well, it usually doesn't. Mm-hmm. I usually don't have too many people aggressive, aggressively approach me. So, like, when they do come, I can tell. I've, I've experienced that. Well, I can tell if they're being an asshole or if they're coming from a joking kind of funny place. Either way, I am going to listen. Yeah. I might it? not agree with it. I, mm-hmm. I just had a comedian that came um, not too long ago, and I'll say Alex Horner. Yeah. He came and told me a specific line that I was saying in a joke didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, it was funny, but it didn't make sense. Like when you actually looked at it. Mm-hmm. And so my immediate defense mechanism was, well, it's not supposed to make sense. It's just supposed to be funny. Okay. Yeah. I hear you. But that was just my ego. So I did reword it and I looked at it and I have changed a few of the words mm-hmm. and it's still funny. And he's right because I, you, I lost a couple of people. It might've been three out of the 20 that were there. But on that line, you could occasionally see people go, hold on. That's not. So, you know, if it's a comedian, if it's coming from a place where it's somebody who I know who's just trying to help, I'm definitely going to listen and absorb it. That 10 minutes that you just tell me, I might blow it off. Yeah. But it's going to sit in there and it's going to roll around and I'm going to think about it. I'm really good at like sleeping on things and like, okay, let's look at it from all these angles. Tomorrow, let's look at it from the different angles. Makes sense. And I actually do that with jokes sometimes. I've had trouble, man. How do you do that? If, um, well, it started with I wrote a bunch of clean jokes that weren't very funny. Yeah. So then I just decided take the same exact premise and punchline and make it as just gruesome and bad as you can and uh-huh. see if you can still make it funny. So if it was a very um, mild, stupid joke, can you make that super dark with the same elements? Oh, okay. Yeah. And then if it's not funny, that's fine. But maybe that sparked a different idea to go in a different way. Yeah. And that's kind of how my brain works is I have um, like a stream of consciousness that sometimes it happens when people are talking to me. They'll say something to me. Mm-hmm. And then within five seconds, I'm thinking about, you know, an alien baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they're just sitting there still going on with their conversation. So I just, boom, boom, boom. I'm seven levels out within five seconds thinking of something. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. So sometimes I get my jokes like that. You can, uh, Conrad showed me. You know Conrad? Yes. Sure you know. He showed me um, that you could put like the premise in like the middle of a page in like a circle and then you just branch out and just like find words that connect. Yes. That connect to that. And uh, that's probably a good way to uh, take a different angle and approach. Maybe you take a joke you already have. Like I'm going to do this. I want to make my I want to make my Amish joke better. I want to almost convince people that the Amish strip club is better than any other strip club because <laughs> I've just been talking about it, you know. Yeah. But now I want to convince them. Like, hey, y'all need to go to this strip club. Like this strip club's the shit, you know. So I think that's my next move on that. But yeah, I'm gonna put it in the middle, put a put a line out, and then uh, you know maybe. You should go or uh, zoo, you know, just other things that make sense, I guess, you know, something yeah, like that. I've had a lot of crazy things that have happened in my life, too. Like, um, just the craziest stories. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a lot of material that I can make funny. One of the problems that I have, though, is 
a lot of the stories and stuff that have ha happened to me have happened 25 years ago. So it does, I, I get into a place of relevancy. Yeah. Like trying to make stuff um, that every person will understand. Mm. So if I do make, um, like, here's something that you've probably never even heard of. I had party line phones when I was a kid, <laughs> which meant that four or five families all had the same phone line. So you could pick it up and the family over there is talking on the phone and you have to say, hey, when you get off, let me know so I can make a phone call. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you can so, just listen in, dude. Yeah. You can't do a joke about that because who's going to even know what the hell you're talking about? Yeah. You know, um, even like pay phones and stuff like this or... You know, I've went on a lot of, uh, we used to go and bribe people to buy a six-point kegs in Arkansas and bring them back because six-point beer, you couldn't get six-point beer in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, wow. But once again, you, that would have to be a really funny joke because the premise loses people. They don't understand, what do you mean, six-point beer? And, mm -hmm. you know, so um, I'm kind of going through that process of writing down ideas and then They're trying to out. connect them to everyone so that everyone would understand them. Makes sense. All right, let's uh, let's change the subject a little bit here. Okay. So we have like a theme. We kind of um, get. The, I want to hear like one of your worst experiences in comedy or something that you've had an issue with. You know, because when I mean, we obviously it's a fun thing. The the community here is so great. I love the people here, and it's a it's a fun thing to do. But have you had any like issues or? Yeah, any of the issues that I've had uh -huh. have been basically self created. Whether it's in my mind about a place that I might not fit in okay. or or anything like that. Um, the other thing is I can be a lot. I have a big personality. Yeah. I try to keep it in. I feel you. But there's a, there's an arc whenever you kind of meet me. Uh, I'm, you know, I try to be super supportive and all of that. And then once I start to kind of bond with someone, I'm typically a little bit more honest than they want to hear or, and I'm, and I'm opinionated. So, you know, when I'm dealing with people, it's one of the problems that I have. It's a Spencer problem. Yes. Spencer it, problem. I have to understand that, you know, all of us performers have our own, uh, whatever you want to call it, sensitive, sensitivity level. Yeah. You know, because um, I'm sensitive, you're sensitive. It might be different numbers on the scale, mm -hmm. but, and that's, that's a me problem, is that I've always got a big, bold, abrasive personality. So it's funny, because like when you first meet me, you like me. Mm -hmm. Then once we become buddies, you start to go, oh man, that guy can be an asshole sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And then you're just like, yeah, but he's doing it because he loves me and he wants me to that's the arc right there. The yeah. So, so I've had a couple of those where I've said the wrong thing to a person and in my mind it's coming from the right place, but you know, just because I think it doesn't mean it's right too. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that I've had a problem with. Another big problem that I had is in my mind, everyone that was going to the open mics was going for the same reason, which in my mind was to get better at stand up comedy. Yes. And that couldn't be the further from the truth. Everyone has their own aspirations. I've talked to several people who are good at comedy. Mm -hmm. And when I ask them about their in-game goal, it's not stand-up comedy. No. Maybe it's writing for a, you know, a big talk show. Maybe it's having an improv or a sketch show. So my mind, my first two months, um, I would, in my mind, I was very confused at what was happening sometimes. Just like, you know, I thought we were here to try to write jokes and like tell the best possible jokes and, you know, work on our performance. But I've since learned that open mics are just the place that all of our paths cross for one night. Yeah. All of the people that want to perform in other areas, they want to do different things. Maybe, you know, like you had mentioned Conrad, he is a very talented musician. He is. So, you know, when we intersect, it's just for the one night. We're not on the same exact path. All of us aren't. Mm -hmm. And and that was something that I had to realize. And luckily I realized it early and it did help me also stop worrying about, um, Oh, well that person would, you know, if they could just tweak this joke, it would be a little better. Or if maybe if I could talk about, you know, but we're, we're also different that that's went away. So that's helped me yeah, a lot it's good. is, you know, some people want to go be on TV or go be movie stars yeah. and their step one is maybe getting up on an open mic. Yeah, it's getting used to being in front of people. Yeah, doing so stuff. so I have no, you know, no even similar pathway to that person. So be super friendly and super supportive, but maybe there's not always something to, you know, be learning from every single person mm -hmm. um, if their paths are not the same as your path. I never even thought of it that way. That is really cool. Yeah, I, I had to do some deep reflection because yeah. you know, I um, 
I don't do a lot. I don't have a lot of other talents as far as stage. Like I, I don't sing. Yeah. Um, I was in vocal music in high school. That was a disaster. Oh, you know what we should do? You're gonna hate it. What's that? You don't. You don't. You want to sing? No. You sure? No, I don't want to brutalize the guys in there that have headphones on listening to this. I know, but we could do like we could try sing as serious as possible, and we can't laugh. You have to be serious. Oh no, that would be very brutal. That would be so funny, dude. Yeah, I'd love to see you. I thought sing. you were trying to get more subscribers. <laughs> yeah, when was that a hundred, dude? Nice. So I'm not, so I don't want to lose the like the top amount. Uh, that would be horrible. I would sing though. I'm, a, I'm, yeah. What else are you saying about stage talents? Would uh, you do? Did you ever do a talent show? Oh yeah, I've done. I've done talent shows. I did uh, in fifth grade. We actually dressed up um, as females. It was like a fifty show. And we uh, oh, yeah, sang. A, uh, we were in poodle skirts and all that. It's called foreshadowing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then in uh, high school, our, my sophomore year, we won the talent show. We did um, YMCA by Village People. Oh yeah. But we all kind of dressed up, and um, it was on the big theater at the school. So like the first thing they would cut to a scene, uh-huh. and then it would cut to the other scene. So, you know, like, uh, we, we couldn't get, like, a real police uniform, so I think I was, like, in a Game Ranger uniform. <laughs> yeah. Was acting like I was pulling someone over. Yeah, just handing out game tags. But, yeah, but, and you know how YMCA, that song, once it got into it, everyone's standing up, cheering, running around, mm-hmm. so. That's a good song. Did you have a rap? I could see you as a rapper. Yeah, I mean, I have, I mean. I saw that picture. You sent me a picture of you when you were my age. Yeah. You looked like you skateboarded and rapped, like for sure. BMX bike, actually. I there mean, you go. I, I can do a few things on a skateboard, but I wasn't really a skater. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a this lot of This guy didn't wear the helmet. There's I know a, this guy didn't wear the helmet. No, I've never worn a helmet. <laughs> you did say what? I've never worn a helmet. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I know it, dude. CTE comedian, me and Brendan Schaub. <laughs> yeah, you and Brendan Schaub, one and one. <laughs> I have more CTE than, than anybody would think, dude. I've, no, I played football and yeah. all that stuff in high school. I'm sure I've got, I mean. I've had a few, a few concussions. Oh, yeah. Quite a few. Yeah, I've been worried about seeing you on stage if somebody's not going to come up and pop and give you one while you're up there. <laughs> Why is it always the skinny little fucks that do all the shit talking on stage? That's what I don't understand. It's fun, man. What do you mean? It's fun to shit talk. It's so fun. Yeah, and then guys like me have to come in and clean up the mess and make sure yeah, it doesn't get too chaotic. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's crazy. That was the first time we met. Honestly, that is crazy. Yeah, I'd actually seen you, but you hadn't went up. You had been to a couple of mm-hmm. the mics, but you hadn't went up whenever I was there. And I'd mm. seen some people talking to you. So I kind of knew Isaiah Blue was a comedian as well. And I also know that um, there's a lot of people that have a lot of life stuff that come up. Like I saw um, two people out in Broken Arrow six months ago. It was a husband and wife, and they were fantastic. But they also just had a baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they haven't been able to come up to mics and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm not, like, saying that if I haven't seen somebody, they're not, you know, that's ridiculous. I'm nothing at this. I've got years before I'm doing anything. Exactly. I also am nothing at this. But um, I think we're going to have to wrap it up here. It was fun having you here, Spencer. Uh, I know you can't promote anything, but how about throw out those socials? They can go follow you, you know? Spencer Mills Comedy. Follow me on pretty much everything. Uh, The funniest one is Twitter because I have one follower. (laughs) So I just throw out random ass punchlines to jokes and then try to troll people on Twitter. That's great. Yeah, but Instagram, Facebook, uh, Spencer Mills Comedy, Cash App. Hit me up. (laughs) All right, thank you, man. It was good. Oh, yeah, I had a blast. That'll be it, guys. Pew, pew, pew.